Hello, hello, everybody. It is Wednesday, and today you have Julie and I on the VBAC Link podcast. Today we are going to be talking about a very hot topic. Um, it's COVID-19 or the coronavirus and how it is affecting the birth world and what it looks like for all these birthing parents out there. So stay tuned and um, we're going to dive right into what's happening policy-wise, what to expect, and maybe some ideas to get around some of these policies in a way so you can still have as much of your birth plan as possible. Hey, should we do a review of the week? Let's do a review of the week right now. I've kind of, we haven't been in the studio for like forever and we've gotten some really good reviews in on our, um, on our break. And so, um, Megan, can I take a, can I share a review of the week? Yes, but start over now. Cause I was just chomping my food. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I'm not going to start over. I'm going to leave it just like this. So people know this is real life. <laughs> There's going to be kids in the background. Dogs I was eating barking. my apple. <laughs> I didn't know we were going to keep recording. <laughs> Megan should not eat while we're doing podcasts. It's okay. okay. We wanted this an apple funny. and peanut butter. People will like it. Do you guys like this right now? Let us know. Mm-hmm. Hop on over to our Facebook and Instagram pages and comment on this episode image because this is like 100% unscripted. Um, we just want to help you the best we can. Uh, I'm going to read a review because I love reviews. And this review that I'm going to read is from um, Apple Podcasts and it's from Mitayawa. Now I'm botching names like Megan does. Okay. She says, I cannot even begin to describe what an encouragement these podcasts have been for me. I have completely binged on these the past few weeks and they have grown my confidence for my upcoming VBAC baby. I cannot stop sharing everything I am learning and even helping encourage first time moms on how to educate themselves to avoid a cesarean in the first place. Thank you so much for this no BS, truth-declaring, and empowering platform that I know has encouraged so many more than just myself. Keep being amazing. I can't wait to share my story in just a few short months. All my love. Exclamation point. I love that review so much. Thank you so much. Um, and if you haven't already head on over to Apple podcasts, um, or whatever platform you're listening to and give us a rating, write out a review, um, even on Facebook or Google or anywhere you can find us. There's usually a rating system and we love your honest feedback. Um, and so if you haven't taken time, go ahead and do that right now. And we're not going to have an intro today because I'm going to be editing this episode. So there's no intro, just imagine the music and stuff right in this spot right here. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Okay. So Julie, I'm kind of excited to talk about this, but I'm also sad. As you know, today has been a really hard day for me um, as a doula. I was affected by COVID-19 for the first time today. Um, And so was my, so were my clients. It was really hard where we were unable to attend their birth. Um, And it's, it's heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking what is happening right now. And we understand that, um, you know, these hospitals are put in a very tricky situation because COVID-19 or the coronavirus is spreading 
really quickly, and right now, I mean, all over the world, we're on major restrictions and um, things are being shut down and policies are changing and it's just been so hard. And I don't know about everyone out and other than Utah, but our policies are changing like every couple of days. Yeah, and, it's frustrating. Um, they changed again this morning as of like 8.30 this morning and it it's a hard one. Um, so today, as of today here in Utah, um, most hospitals, really all hospitals that I've been able to talk to really um, are only allowing one person. That's it. No other support person, just one. Um, and for those who've had hired photographers and doulas and want their moms or their sisters or their cousins or whoever it may be, or maybe their own children. Um, they're unable to do that. And it's hard. rough. It is so That's really rough. rough. Like, it is rough. I can't imagine like when I was having babies, having to go through all this preparation and having such a beautiful plan and trying to envision my perfect birth experience than to have um, my place of birth for very valid reasons, restrict the people that I'm able to have in the room with me down to just my husband. I could not, I, well, I don't say I could not, but like I would have had a lot harder time without my doula. I just like, we had had that relationship where when she walked in the room, she was like my security blanket and like my whole labor, like just intensified and picked up. Like my body was ready to go. And granted I did give birth at home. And so a hospital policy wouldn't have applied to me, but not everyone has that desire or can even afford to do or opportunity. A yeah. Or a choice. Some, like there's some, some states that restrict feedback out of yeah. hospital. And it, so we just wanted to jump on here and give you some encouragement and some hope and some ideas for both doulas and parents, doulas on how to help support your clients when you may not be allowed in the birth space. And for clients, things that you can do to really help um, be an influence for good in how your hospital is treating doulas, whether they're treating them as a visitor or as an essential part of your birth team. Now, I kind of want to um, do a little disclaimer before we really dive in. Um, Megan and I, we're, we're birth doulas. We, we don't have a medical degree. We don't have connections with the CDC. We are not experts in any kind of disease transmission or anything like that. And so we cannot speak on that authority. But what we're going to talk about are some things that we've seen helping in our community and with our clients um, that you might be able to use. So please don't take anything um, that we're like anti-hospital birth or anti-doctor or anti-CDC or anti-Trump or anti-anything. <laughs> we are just trying to give you options so that you can take away whatever you need to from this podcast to help you prepare for the best birth you can at this crazy, crazy time. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So the very first question I think that we want to talk about is what does it look like right now for birthing parents in general? What does it look like? It's different for everyone in every state, but a lot of places it's looking like they have to choose one person. and they're feeling crushed. They're feeling crushed because like Julie said, like her doula was such a valuable part of her team. And I know your photographer was too. And how much you cherish 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> how much you cherish and how um, important that was to you. And I know for me, like I didn't end up having a photographer. Um, I had a friend that was shooting some photos, but I didn't like have a trained photographer or a videographer. And that is one of the biggest things that I wish I would have had. And so I know to a lot of people, it's really, really important to document this day of their life. And now they're going to document it in their own brain, but they're not able to go back and reflect unless they're setting up their own thing. And so what does it look like? It is, it's different for everyone. And it looks like choices. It looks like you have to make a choice on who you want there and what matters most to you. And sometimes it is, it's, it's important enough to some people. And I don't want to make that sound like it's not important, but it is so crucial to some that they are transferring to home birth. So Julie or choosing their doula over their husband. Like I would have seriously considered that. Like I would have, well, I would have chosen my husband in the end, but I would have had to think about it. I know that. Like I even say, <laughs> while you were talking, I'm like, hmm, would I, would would I, I have chosen? chosen? Oh, <laughs> see, and I'm like, as a doula, like I would hope that like, I would never like want to be that person over the husband. Like it is so important for me, for my clients to have their birth supporter or spouse or partner in that room. Obviously, like today I was brokenhearted, like mm. crying because I couldn't be with the couple because of these policies. But it's hard. It's a hard decision and it's a hard place to be. And it's hard to make those last minute decisions of do I transfer? Mm -hmm. So let's see, I transferred to birth center, but Julie, do you want to talk a little bit about what transfer looks like and maybe what steps to take um, to see if it's even something you desire or is a good fit for you? Yeah, I just coupled with, coupled. <laughs> I'm like going to edit this episode as little as possible. So all the boo-boos and sorry, they're going to stay in. Okay. Um, <laughs> I was just talking to a couple of my student midwife friends earlier um, on text message. I'm a student midwife. For those of you who don't know, this is Julie, but like I'm a brand new baby, 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 baby student midwife. Like I am barely starting on this journey. So I don't know a whole lot other than, you know, what, what I know um, in my doula scope and stuff like that. But we were chit-chatting today because a lot, one of our trainings was canceled and we were talking about like the current state of birth and everything. And the other two student midwives are working actively with preceptors right now. I don't start until the summer, but they have gotten like several transfers into each of their practices from people who want to have a less restrictive birth and are comfortable with birthing at home or at their birth centers. And so just like we always say with providers, whether in hospital out or out of hospital, it's never too late to switch to home birth if that's something that you are comfortable with. And if it's something that you've been thinking about, it would, it would be a good idea to reach out to some um, of your local midwives or even talk to your doula or other people in the birth community where you are and see what options are there for you. But if that's something you're not comfortable with, that is perfectly okay. Like I have a client, I'm on call for her right now. She's birthing in a hospital. Megan's on call for like five clients, but I'm on call for one. And the hospital that she's birthing at yesterday told her she could have two visitors. And today it's just one visitor. And so we're trying to navigate through that. And I sent her a whole list of options because that's what I do. I just brainstorm every single thing, even like the impossible and crazy stuff. And I mentioned home birth um, and she's like, you know, I'm not okay with that. I just, I need to be at a hospital. That's where I feel comfortable. And I'm like, perfect. Then you should stay there. Let's figure out how to navigate 
through that. And so um, I know that um, in our Facebook community a few days ago, there was a post about home birth and its safety, and it got a little bit heated in the group. People got super defensive and argumentative about about that, um, about how, you know, home birth is a privilege and not everyone has that accessible to them. And we acknowledge that. We're just talking about it as one of your possibilities at this time. Now, it's never too late to switch. And there's four things that make home birth just as safe as hospital birth, even for VBAC. This is a study provided by the American Midwives Association or the American College of Nurse Midwives. Gosh, I never say this right. American College of Nurse Midwives. Right? You got it. Right. Okay. And there's four things that make it safe. And the first thing is you have to be low risk. And being a VBAC parent or a TOLAC parent does not automatically make you high risk. So um, you can check that off the box unless there's other complicating factors. Um, you have to have a home birth um, planned and prepared for. So it's not too late to plan and prepare for one, but it needs, it, like accidental home births aren't as safe as planned and prepared for home births. You have to have a provider that's trained and experienced in home birth. So a midwife with a lot of experience needs to be present for it to be deemed as safe as a hospital birth. And then the last one is, what is the last one? I always forget the last one. Oh, a backup plan. You have to have a backup transfer plan um, ready to go and safe just in case of emergency. So like if you're two hours away from the closest hospital, that might not be a great idea. But I mean, who knows? Like follow your intuition. But like knowing where your closest hospitals are in case of emergency is very, very important in that case. Definitely. Um, It's hard. Like I also have a few clients right now who... One is a first time mom. And so she's like, no, I really don't feel comfortable. And I'm like, okay, that's okay. And we're going to figure out the options that we have for her. And then I have another mom who actually third baby overall uncomplicated deliveries, although a little bit of sticky shoulder um, with the last two. And so knowing that that's a thing, you know, and, and, a, and a possibility, it just, it makes her feel very uncomfortable. So yeah. So we're, she was like, I'm just going to labor at home as long as I can. And then we're going to labor in the parking lot. (laughs) She's like, my husband has a truck. I'll just get a pool and put it in the back of the truck and we'll just hang out. (laughs) Take the seats out of the minivan, lay out some shower shower (laughs) curtain. As long as my doctor's there. And I'm like, wow. (laughs) I mean, she's just, she's brokenhearted. I mean, she wanted her her daughter to catch the baby and Mm -hmm. she really wanted her to be involved and I was going to help her be a little doula. And I mean, all of those plans have dramatically changed before it was two people. Now it's one person. And um, so it's just hard. It's super hard. So next question is how to find out your current policy in your area. And what I would suggest is simply calling. I called all the hospitals today where my clients deliver. I really did. I've talked with, (laughs) I've spoke with many hospitals and actually a couple hospitals that I, that were nearby that I knew that were maybe in a little different network, but we're still nearby to my clients just to see what other options they might have. And when called each and every one of my clients, letting them know, okay, this is where we're at today. It can change tomorrow. It can change next week. We don't know, but this is where we're at today. So simply by calling and finding out, and actually two hospitals thanked me for calling. They said, thank you so much for calling. We're having people come in and then they kind of 
break down and yell and things like that because these policies have changed since the last time they found out. And she's like, I love that you're calling and getting an idea of what these policies are so you guys can prepare accordingly. So give your labor and delivery unit a call, talk to them about it. Um, ask, ask if there's anything, you know, we have one hospital here in Utah who does allow doulas. Um, but they need to show proof that they're like a trained doula and they need to clear the screening, like that they're okay and, and they're not sick. And so it's just so hard. It's so hard right now all around. So that would be my answer is simply call, give them a call. Yeah. You know, and call every day, call every day because every day there's a press conference about it. And every day there's new guidelines, like every single day, except for on the weekends, but every weekday, there's a new conference. That's why today this today is yesterday. If you're listening like to this podcast when it gets posted, but um, this is when they recommended that no gatherings of more than ten people and no non-essential um, services. Like if you have healthcare appointment that's non-urgent, cancel it, dental appointments, etc. And so this is where a lot of this like knee-jerk reactions are happening right now to be like we got to close down everything and lock down everything. And that's good. But like tomorrow, once everyone's had a chance to like sleep on it and we see like what the numbers look like tomorrow and what the press conference says tomorrow, things might shift again to be either tighter or looser. You just, it's such a changing thing. And if you're listening to this like three months from the day that it got launched, it might even, who knows what it's going to be like. In we don't know. Like, it might just be like this huge laughing matter that we're like, oh my gosh, remember that time our husbands were home and for, had to work from home and then they realized what it's like to actually be a mom and they went crazy. Ah, ha, 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 ha. You know, we're making fun of it. But three months from now, it could still be the same. Like it could, we could be on a tighter lockdown. We just don't know. Everything's changing all the time. It's changing. And, you know, I think a lot of people haven't really taken it serious. They really haven't understood the seriousness about it. And so now here, the world's taking it very seriously, especially here in the U.S. We're taking it really serious. Um, We've seen the impact that it can have and and how quick it can have it. Um, And so, yeah, like as a doula, like it really sucks. I want to be with my clients. I want them to have the birth plan that they planned for. But at the same time, I totally understand the hospital's point of view as well because they are trying to do everything they can to protect everyone coming in. Mm -hmm. I totally get it. And so it's it's a big deal. Like it really is. Like this, this is impacting the world. I mean, it really is. It's impacting businesses. It's impacting people. It's impacting kids. Like children are scared. Children are scared. And I'm sorry, adults, I love you all, but it's coming from the adults a lot of the time and what they're listening to it. And it's scary. And so we need to take it serious, but there's still ways that we can kind of try and get our birth plans the best as possible. You know, how can we incorporate our original birth plan with all these new policies? It's going to be hard, but We can do things like laboring at home, listening to your body, transferring to home birth or birth center births, or having a really good educated discussion with your provider. Let's talk. Okay. I know these policies are in, in, you know, stance, like this is what they are. How can you help me? What can you do? What do you suggest? Can I text you? 
and give you updates so I can labor at home for longer. Talk about it like with these providers and they're busy and they're overwhelmed, but really like dig deep and think about what we can do as laboring people to really try and get the best birth plan, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, and here's the thing. Listen to your intuition always. And I want to tell you, like, I think we've talked about this on the podcast before, but a lot of people wonder like, well, how do I know if it's my intuition or how do I know if I'm just scared? Your intuition will never call, cause you to be afraid. Like if you're feeling like a deep fear, then that's not your intuition. It might be stemmed from something your intuition's telling you, but you need to get to a spot where you are open and your mind is open and relaxed in a calm environment and, and process through your fear. And then you, your intuition will cause you, like it might tell you to do something that you wouldn't normally do, or it might cause you like some concern to be like, wait a minute, this doesn't feel quite right, but it will never cause you like true fear. And so listen to your intuition and you, and take some of the options that we have said today and, and use those. But another thing is like Megan's client go labor in the parking lot of the hospital. We were like laughing about taking the seats out of your van, but like the dollar store sells shower curtains. I don't know. Maybe you shouldn't be going to the dollar store right now. Order some from Amazon. But like lay down a shower curtain in the back of your car just in case your water breaks or whatever and labor in your car or labor at home as long as possible or labor like at a at a park, like an open park close to the hospital in a, a little longer than you might normally do. We We kind of joke around and we say, you know, go in pushing is not a good VBAC birth plan because it really isn't, but it might be a good plan for you at this point. Like, I don't, I don't know what your individual circumstances are, but it's something to consider. Another thing I would really talk to your doulas and doulas talk to your clients because ask your doulas and doulas, let your clients know what they're doing in order to protect themselves from getting to exposed to the virus before they come to support you while you're in labor. Because something Megan and I are both doing is we're doing like FaceTime prenatal visits. I'm doing a FaceTime interview, like almost right after Mm -hmm. we get off this thing. My kids aren't going anywhere. We're not going to the playground to like touch the playground equipment with all those germs and stuff like that, because I need to know that I am 100% healthy when my clients need me. And so that I won't bring anything into their birth space if I'm hopefully allowed in. But other options could be like a FaceTime birth support. Like I would literally sit in the hospital parking lot on my cell phone with my clients on FaceTime, exactly. walking the husband through physical support and being in a, there in their space for emotional presence, walking up to the door with them, the very last second asking to be allowed in is like kind of the just the plan right now. It's the general plan, you know, just laboring at home as long as my client feels comfortable, going to the hospital and asking to be let in, no matter what the policy says. Because sometimes it changes by charge nurse to charge nurse and hospital to hospital, and you just don't know. But one thing that we're recommending for doulas and clients, because sometimes people say they're a doula, but they're not really a doula. Like that's why we say, um, teach in our course, like why can't my husband, mom, aunt, sister, whatever, be my doula? Because there's a difference between someone that's gone through a formal training and knows about birth and has that experience and someone that's just an emotional support for you. Those people are very valuable, part of your birth team, but they are not the role of a doula. And so unfortunately, 
Some people say that they're people's doulas when they haven't been through formal training. So bringing evidence that your doula or if you're a doula, that you are a professional doula, whether it's your credentials from your organization or certificate of training, a membership card from an organization that you're a part of, anything like that. And then clients bring the invoice that you've paid your doula in full because not too long ago, one of the hospitals here said that doulas could get in as long as they're, um, they're a professional doula and they show the doula shows proof of that. And the client shows that they have paid for that doula. So doulas start invoicing. You can invoice through PayPal for free. It's square for free. Like there's a lot of tools that you can use to create a seat, but like a receipt, but make sure it's a payment receipt and can go online and get an NPI number um, for free. There's an NPI number category. That's like a national provider, something or other number that specifically set aside for doulas. There's a type. So you can put that on the invoice and show your NPI number. And then, then you're coming in saying like, Hey, I am a professional part of this birth team and this client has paid for me. And then it might let, it might make it so you're more likely to get in. And also having your clients or if you're birthing parents talk, like Megan said way earlier in the episode, talk to your provider every single prenatal appointment about your doula and the importance of having your doula there and the important whether it's for your mental health or physical health or any kind of trauma you've had in the past, if you can get your provider to make notes in your health record that a doula is an essential part of your birth team, I don't know. It might help. It might not help, but it's just the more things you can do to make it very well known that you are are having a doula there or that you will walk out if your doula is not let, let in, then that, that might be good a good argument, a good thing to do. It's just, I think it just really depends on your provider, what the president says the morning of your birth and, um, so and kind of how prepared you are. It's just, it's just, honestly, we're just going to be honest with you. It's kind of a crapshoot right now, but the more prepared you are, the better period, just right. in everything in life. And so the better you can prepare with your invoice and your doula's credentials and talking to your provider and calling the labor and delivery units, not only will that maybe get you a better chance of having the people you want on your birth team in the room with you, but it will give you a better chance of not being blindsided the day that you're going to be having your baby. Right. Yeah. And, and I think that's like one of the biggest things is like, finding out, finding out before you go in because being blindsided in labor is really, really sucky and something that can obviously impact the labor and how it goes. And so if we can find these things out, then, you know, you have a little bit better idea. You've been able to prep a little bit more, stuff like that. So, um, yeah, definitely definitely find out, um, you know, when laboring at home, what does it look like laboring at home? That's, it's, you know, it looks different for everyone. And some people are not comfortable laboring at home as long as possible, but a lot of people because of this and, you know, not just because of policies, but a lot of people are not wanting to be in the hospital and being in the hospital literally as little as they can, because it's a flood. It's a flood at most hospitals right now. There's mm-hmm. a lot going on and, and there's a lot of fear um, surrounding the COVID-19. Like there really is a lot of fear. People are 
people who have it are there and um, a lot of the time. And so it's scary. And so really trying to figure out what that looks like for you laboring at home and again, talking with your provider, like, okay, here's my plan, um, you know, but following your body um, really, you know, I'm, I'm sure most of you have heard the five, one, one rule, the five minutes apart, one minute long for at least an hour. Um, and then really tune into how you're doing physically. So even at five, one, one, if you're walking, talking, laughing, joking, moving in those contractions or pressure wave or whatever you um, want to call it. Lots of people have different words for them. You're probably got, you've probably got some time. Usually you've got some time, but once things are physically getting harder, you can't walk through them. You can't really talk, let alone comprehend what someone's saying. Um, you might be getting short, you know, closer mucus plug loss with bloody show. Um, that's a sign that you could be getting closer, water breaking, and things really turning a quarter. Might be time to go. Um, things like that. Julie, do you have any other suggestions on ways to labor at home? I mean, there's tons of ways. Like, do all the things. Like, you know, if your water breaks, check your temperature and monitor that. And being open with your birth team. Let them know what's going on, what you're feeling, what you're experiencing, things like that. Yeah, I agree with all of that. Like, just, I just really want to emphasize, trust your intuition and learn how to hear it. So like sometimes it's really hard, especially in the moment to understand what our body or our spirit is trying to tell us and listen to it. And so practice doing that. Take time every day to meditate and connect with your baby and your body. And even if it's just five minutes listening to relaxing music, just taking deep, nice long breaths in and out, put your hand on your belly, feel your baby move around. That is going to help you be able to connect and be better in tune. Because if all the things are happening, like Megan said, and your intuition is telling you to go to the hospital and you know your doula is not going to be let in with you, then go to the hospital. But if your intuition is telling you, hey, I can, I'm still a little bit away. I feel comfortable here. Let's, um, like, I'm, I feel safe here. Then stay home a little bit longer. But talk to your doula and your birth photographer and birth videographer and whoever is in the, going to be in the room with you about your plans and about options and what to do with A, B, and C. Like A, B, and C backup plan. I literally right now just had my client that I was talking about earlier text me and she had texted her midwife. It's a hospital midwife, but she said she went down and talked to the manager on labor and delivery and the administrators of the hospital are not budging on the policy about doulas. They're not budging. This is directly from her provider. And so they're having a dialogue and a conversation going on right now. But do you know what? That, that doesn't mean stop talking. Not budging today could be budging tomorrow. Or if a lot of people call in and ask, they're going to have to reevaluate or, I mean, they may not reevaluate, but it's more incentive for them to, to reevaluate, especially if they notice that they're losing business um, or people are transferring to other hospitals with more, with looser restrictions, if there are any. It's just really day by day. And also I would suggest we have a really great organization here called the Utah Doulas Association. Um, both Megan and I are members of it. And the president of our organization is literally calling around to labor and delivery units and discussing with them what the options are. And she has a very 
she's very well respected. She has a great reputation. And if you have organizations like that in your community, or maybe your ICANN chapter leader or the owner of your doula agency or anything like that, that has a good reputation with these hospital um, staff members, encourage them to reach out and encourage everybody that has that desire. Because we, we know like the um, American World Organization for Obstetrics and neonatal health or whatever it's called and ACOG have both declared since this outbreak that jewels are a vital part of the birth team and reduce the chances for major complications including cesarean and a bunch of other benefits for the birthing people and encouraging people or hospitals to allow doulas professional doulas into the birth room with the parents and so we're going to drop some links below in the show notes of recommendations that these high-level organizations are putting out regarding doulas. Um, we encourage you to use them as you go through and, and advocate and present at your hospital with the information from these reputable sources that they should be very, very familiar with. Definitely. I I am very grateful for the Utah Doulas Association and our presidency. They are just, they're rocking it right now. And I know um, many other people here in Utah are feeling the same way. They're really stepping up and it's really helping us doulas know updated policies and things like that. And I'm not on the presidency. Um, I just knew that as of this morning it had changed. And so I let our president know she was aware. She was actually in the middle of writing emails to some higher up people um, trying to figure out exactly what is going on. So yeah, it's, oh my gosh, it's hard, but hopefully, you know, hopefully doulas, like you have a community like that in your area that you can turn to. Last but not least, the question is how long this could this go on for and how to prepare? We don't really know how long this can go for. You know, we've, we've heard tons of dates out there and I mean, the president hasn't like, the president doesn't know himself. I mean, it's a really hard question for, I, I think people to ask him because we don't know. We don't know how long this is going to last, but ways to prepare, obviously we've, we've covered a lot, but find out the policies, like Julie said, you know, even daily, you can call daily. They appreciate it. They don't mind it. So talk with your provider. Um, if you've got a doula, speak to her, talk to her, talk about what the look, what it looks like and how care is going to change if it needs to change. And like Julie said, like FaceTime or Facebook uh, Messenger or Skype or Zoom or whatever it may be. I mean, there are many, in fact, we have at the VBAC link, we have doulas in Saudi Arabia who actually, that's what they do. They offer virtual doula. Like that's, that's one of the big things that they do. And so it's definitely a thing. It happens. It's possible. So talk with them and see what that looks like and how that looks like for you and what you need and what their partner needs. And yeah, I don't know, Julie, what, what else do you have? How else could they prepare? Well, it's been really cool to see um, on our VBAC link Instagram page, we follow a ton of birth workers, especially our VBAC trained doulas. And it's been really cool to see people shifting their classes and their offerings online. Of course, we would love to, to for you to take our VBAC prep course, which is available online right now at the vbaclink.com. But also knowing, and we teach we teach a lot of stuff about VBAC and how to prepare and how to know what information is right. But it is very, very VBAC specific. But we would encourage you to go and find in your area, like, or anywhere, like, 
anywhere. It doesn't matter if they're in Utah or not, like, or, or Florida or New York or whatever, but there's a lot of birth professionals putting up online live birth courses where you can tune in and learn comfort measures and learn for how your partner can better support you physically and emotionally. And so I would say like, watch out for that. And if you're, you know, your doula is not going to be allowed in the birth room, take take some of these comfort measures courses so that you can be better prepared. And actually, even if you don't know if your doula is going to be in the birth room or not, more education is better, especially if when we're in uncertain times like this, um, you're going to want to be familiar with what your body's doing. You're going to want to know what it means when doctors tell you um, your baby's at plus two station or minus two station. Like, what's the difference? That's a big difference. And knowing those things can help you no matter who is there supporting you for your birth. So yeah, that would be what I would add is just, I mean, there's, there's a lot of really good ones out there. Instructors are are being allowed to put their courses online. There's just, there's just a lot. If you just Google online birth classes, My Essential Birth is really great. They're a local company. They're local doulas with us. They have a really good birth prep course. If you just look up My Essentials Birth, um, and it's like custom for, for you, like it's customized for you. It's like kind of like choose your own adventure, like birth training. Um, it's a really neat course. And so just watch for that in your community and online and, um, or, or email us and we can send you some recommendations as well, or ask in our feedback link community. It's a really supportive group. We have a no tolerance policy for any kind of BS or aggressive behavior or people attacking other people. We shut it down really fast. Um, we've kicked people out of the group before and it's like zero tolerance, so like no warning. Like you just get booted um, if you're causing any kind of problem. So it's a really safe group to ask really vulnerable questions. And there's been a lot of discussion in there lately about how this is affecting people's birth plans and birth experiences. We also know that there's a lot of people, birthing parents advocating for more restrictions. People that don't have doulas, don't use doulas, don't want doulas, don't even know what a doula does. They're like, yes, restrict all the people. We don't want our babies getting sick. We don't want our parents getting sick. And we don't either. We don't want anybody getting sick. We don't want anyone to have the coronavirus. But what we want is for people, I mean, obviously, a physically healthy mom and baby are at the top of everybody's priority list. But second under that should be emotionally healthy and, and satisfied with their birth experience and feeling like they were in control of the birth that was happening to them as much as possible, allowing for a healthy mom and a healthy baby. So, um, so I would just say that like there, there might very well be people advocating for tighter restrictions. And so the more advocating we can be for, I wouldn't say even looser restrictions, but I would just say for professional members of your birth team to be allowed in the birth space with you would help. And I promise you like professional doulas are taking every single precautions that they can. And in order to be healthy and be safe for you and your baby. And I know that if I were to ever like, if I cough, if I ever cough, even just one time, <laughs> I'm probably not going to be going to a birth. Because who knows, I, I get allergies this time of year, like seasonal allergies. If I start having allergy symptoms that are in line with coronavirus symptoms, I will probably um, send a backup for my client because I don't want to risk it 
being coronavirus and risk exposing everyone in the labor and delivery unit to that. And so I don't mean to sound, I'm sorry, I don't mean to sound like scary or intimidating or fear-mongering or anything like that, but we're just like talking realistically here. Like this is an important thing to consider. It's important for birthing parents to have the support they need. It's important that we all live socially responsible and stay in our homes and reduce our shopping trips and cancel all our non-essential appointments so that we can really make our community safer and get this ban and restrictions on things lifted sooner because we are all making the necessary precautions. Absolutely. Thank you so much for that, Julie. Um, and same, I'm taking serious precautions. And, um, you know, one of the biggest things is the honesty of a doula. I know it sucks to have to miss a birth, but um, remember that it's someone's um, life that you could be, you know, putting at risk and you don't want, you don't want to get anyone else sick. So, okay. All right. Well, oh, um, I wanted to, we had, we reached out on Facebook and a couple people have replied to us. And so I just wanted to share one of the things that a mom said that she's feeling heartbroken for all these pregnant mamas do. Um, we just had their baby, their home birth after um, cesarean four weeks ago that ended up in a transfer to the hospital and her midwife and her apprentice and her doula were all there giving her strength through her unmedicated VBAC and her husband was a rock star and she just can't imagine being limited to people being with her and she said that her postpartum visit is actually going to be scheduled further out, which has been like kind of interesting. Instead of six weeks, it, it might be about six months, which is something also to talk about. Like, okay, there's a lot of stuff to do with birth, but like, how does this affect postpartum? And um, one of the other things she said is that she had to cancel her newborn's phrenectomy. And if you think about it, like, here in Utah, there was an announcement that like all unnecessary surgeries, all unnecessary procedures, things like that, like they are being canceled right now. They are not going to be happening. And so um, also talk about what postpartum looks like with your providers and what things that you need to prepare for because um, it's, we just don't know. We don't know how long this is all going to be lasting. And so it's a good thing to just, just talk with your providers and they might not know either. So yeah, and this is the thing, it's constantly changing. It's constantly changing and evolving. And um, at least for the near future, there's just a lot of uncertainty. But we want you to stay positive. There's so many good things happening and so many good things going on. You're still able to request a new nurse in your labor and delivery room. You're still able to change to a different hospital that might be less restrictive. You're still able to do a lot of things. And we have a lot of really great freedoms here um, in the United States um, to, to support us and help us and great services and infrastructures. And there's just a lot of people serving others and helping others. And so reach out and stay positive and be happy and try, try your best to just, like I said earlier, meditate during for just five minutes every day. And there's a lot of good. Look for the good. Like Mr. Rogers said, I think, see that meme going around every once in a while, especially more so now that like when there's hard times, look for the people that are doing good things and better yet be the people doing good things. Don't be angry or aggressive. If you get turned away 
from from a hospital interact well and I'm speaking to doulas here like interact professionally and responsibly with a hospital staff because you you never know what your actions are going to influence whether it's influence for good or not so good as far as these policies go so if you are unable to go into the birth be respectful and responsible and allow um, a good experience for your client in the best ways that you can even if it's facetime or phone call or text or whatever right at the hospital be a positive reflection of birth professionals and help and uplift the community in all the ways you can and get creative. Like go to our Facebook page and our Instagram page right now and find the, this episode image and drop some ideas and suggestions. I'm sure we haven't thought of of everything, especially um, in other parts of the country that are very different than Utah. So go find our post image um, let's start a discussion. And if you have any questions, you are always welcome to reach out on either of our social media platforms. We're just at the VBAC link if you're not already following us. Another thing we asked on our Instagram stories, questions for people to answer of things that they are facing in their local communities and also recommendations for things that you can do to help support your birth plan. So first of all, we asked what people's thoughts are about what is happening around them. I'm going to go ahead and read through some of the things people are facing. In St. Louis, doulas lobbied hospitals for two-person visitor policy um, during um, COVID and that it was successful. So the doulas, it sounds like, collected and rallied um, for that two-person visitor policy Another says, my household is calm and collected, keeping our faith high. Somebody else said, so annoyed for my mama friends. Doulas aren't allowed in our local hospital. Crying face. So sad. Um, absolutely terrified to give birth in a hospital, says one mom. Another says, I'm so glad I chose to do my VBAC at a birth center right now and not a hospital, which is kind of a lot of people's sentiments. Um, these last two, terrified to give birth at a hospital and then so glad I chose to do VBAC at a birth center or at home. Um, another says, I'm worried, 32 weeks pregnant now, feel like my chance for a VBAC is gone now. Another says <laughs> that they hired, another says that they hired a home birth midwife today. Um, another even says that they're 32 weeks along as well. They went to the doctor today and was told if her husband was there, nobody else would be allowed in. And another person said that they're panicking, but trying to give it time to figure itself out before they make changes to their birth plan. And that's actually a really good recommendation. Um, we asked what kind of policies are people facing in their communities. And so I'm going to go ahead and share some of those responses. Hospital, two visitors at a, at a time and no one under the age of 18. Another says only one support person. <laughs> she said only one support person. Sorry, hubs. You're going to have to wait outside. Only the doulas coming in. <laughs> I love that. We just talked about that earlier. Another argued against a one person visitor policy for, for, an o, for an OB and one St. Louis hospitals will allow two visitors now. Another person said, my doula was asked to leave today. One supporter only. Oh, gosh. Only one support person allowed with you and no visitors from 
another where you can only have two visitors, including doulas or birth photographers in the hospital. So there's another two visitor policy. Um, another says in Washington, I read moms are being separated from baby until they are test negative for COVID. Oh my gosh, that is crazy. Okay. Um, only one visitor allowed, no switching out, no siblings, which is really hard. I've seen reports of hospitals going to induction only due to hospital bed limits. What? What? <laughs> induction only? Oh my gosh. That is crazy. Um, forehead temp scans and verbal screening before entering into OB office for appointments. Only one support person and one certified doula at a birth. No doulas allowed in Southern California hospitals. Wow. That is interesting. Okay. So... Next, we asked, what suggestions would you give to someone who is birthing soon? And I'm going to read all of these responses because there's some things here that we haven't even talked about. So one person said, hey, this is my client. <laughs> See if their provider will do some type of telehealth or Skype online visit instead of seeing them in person. Those things are kind of starting to pop up around here in Utah, which is really cool. Another said, tap into your parasympathetic, para, oh my gosh, I can't say these words. Tap into your parasympathetic nervous system. Give your nerve system a break. Breathe. Talk to your care provider bluntly about your concerns and bring your doula to that appointment. Another said, as hard as, as, hard as it is, just observe and try not to take on too much worry. Someone else said, if something doesn't feel right, make a change. And I love that. It's like into listening to your intuition. If your intuition is telling you something's not right, then make a change. Um, another said, they had their psychotherapist write a letter to extend the one-person hospital policy to her doula and her husband based on her PTSD symptoms and the need for trained emotional support. That's a really, really good idea. Another person said, know that so much is normal and so common. Another said, know your rights. And that's kind of a really good one. And another person suggests, if you're low risk, consider out of hospital birth. And we've already talked a little bit about that. So hopefully um, those that feedback from our community gave you some really good ideas. Definitely. Thank you so much. And good luck, to everybody. good luck <laughs> to everybody who is dealing with this, this crisis. I mean, it's, it's a crisis. Um, so good luck. We wish you the best of luck. Know we're here and we're thinking of you and, um, yeah, hang in there. Hang in there. We love you. We really mean it when we say we love you. Um, we, we love all of you listening. There's just so much love in our hearts right now. And we're praying for each of you. And um, if you're not religious, then just imagine these prayers as good juju being sent your way.